Hi, everyone. Uh, before we get into the episode, we're starting things a little bit differently. Uh, first of all, we want to thank you so much. Uh, we saw the insight uh, for the number of listens uh, this last uh, week, and the numbers were very humbling. So thank you so much for listening. A special shout out to uh, Patrick Campmeyer, um, who is, you can see, is the number one fan. Um, you know, you can always email us at talkingtwinpeaks at gmail.com. Uh, we will take a look at their, your um, comments, questions, concerns, uh, insights uh, that you want to uh, give us as well. We Very, very happy to hear from you. Joe, do you have anything else to say to the amazing fans that we have? Yeah, uh, please send uh, all your uh, all your YouTube covers of just you and I to Paul. He loves that song <laughs> so much. Uh yeah, thank you guys. It's it's awesome knowing you guys are all out there listening. Uh, yeah, you it just it's it's really it's really fun for us to do, and we're glad that you're up. You you guys are uh, listening to us ramble about a show we love. So. Yeah, I tell you what, if if, you, if someone does, if if I start getting an influx of you and I covers, I will put them on our YouTube channel. I will we will put them on the showdown, and we will actually play them on our podcast. I that is something I will totally do. <laughs> so all right well yes from both uh joe and i thank you again and we hope you enjoy uh this episode um part uh 12 Welcome back to a podcast above a convenience store, Talking Twin Peaks. I'm Joe Fremming from the Joe Down. With me, as always, is Paul Muadib from Cast That Movie. How are you doing, Paul? Oh, hello. I'm doing well. How are you doing? We are like the dreamer, Paul. <laughs> but who's doing the dreaming? <laughs> we all have Monica Bellucci, Bellucci dreams, don't we? Um, I, I do on a rag. I, I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we are. Uh, we're on the tail end now of the return. Uh, we're getting toward uh, the finish line here, and we're on part fourteen, titled "We Are the Dreamer." Mm-hmm. Uh, this kind of like last episode, it set up a lot of uh, you know a lot of comic relief, and now this one, this episode feels like it's kicking things into gear. Yeah, I rem- I actually when this one started, I I recalled I was like, oh, I remember this episode, so I was really excited because I felt like this was now getting in the stuff that I was really interested, like uh, uh, in the Twin Peaks. Not that it hasn't already, but there was just a lot of the supernatural element in this one, and a lot of the um, 
you know, the, the blue rose stuff that was involved in it, which is really what I loved about the first two, the first, the stuff that was in the first two seasons, which is why I didn't care for the second part <laughs> of, of the second season. Um, what, James <laughs> on his motorcycle? Oh, God. With Evelyn? Got, you, know, you know, maybe if Evelyn was a lodge entity, I would have liked it more, but Jesus Christ, no, fuck. Oh. So, yeah, I, this is when it, for me, this is when I was like, okay, like, even when it was airing for the first time, I was like, now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. And it takes us to some unexpected places, too, which is really cool. Really interesting. I'm looking forward to talking about those. But let's start in Buckhorn, South Dakota, shall we? Oh, yeah. We're Gordon Cole's calling the Twin Peaks Sheriff Station. And I'm guessing that's a voice Lucy will never forget screeching into her ear. <laughs> At first, I was like, how does she remember that? Then I'm like, oh, yeah, you know what? I wouldn't forget it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny because he, he just has a little like, you know, oh, you're still there. And then like Lucy thinks it's literal. <laughs> like, well, I go home and then me and Andy take a vacation every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> so brilliant so brilliant um yeah and uh you know she is she's gonna patch him over to 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 uh sheriff truman not frank um not harry and you know it's gonna be the one next to the flashing light on your phone there uh sheriff truman <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is um uh, things are kind of, now things are gelling uh as Harry had called Cole, Cole's returning his call, uh, telling him about the Hawk found those missing pages from Laura's diary, indicating two Coopers. Mm -hmm. uh, Cole can't tell him the details, but he appreciates the information because I, I think this solidifies some of Cole's concerns. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Uh, yes. And we'll learn more about, I mean, even, even the concerns that we kind of talked about, but immediately right after this conversation we kind of learn what their concerns were like lynch hits us or, or frost hits us right over the head and says do not miss this this is what's going on um <laughs> well, yeah, is, tells, it's the first blue rose case mm -hmm. right up. yeah exactly and i was like this is just because so people don't get lost like this was a double whammy on this yep <laughs> Yeah, so we have Albert telling uh, Tammy about uh, Olymp a case in Olympia, Washington. In the it was like the early seventies. It was uh, yeah, it was the early mid seventies. Yep. Yeah, regarding a Lois Duffy, mm -hmm. uh, two agents uh, were on it. They find two women. Uh, one is shot. The other one's standing above her, and it's the same person. Uh, it, what, it, the quote was, uh, the woman said, unlike the blue rose, she smiles, then dies, then disappears before their eyes. Yes. Um, which, she asked Tammy, you know, he says, uh, you know, what part of that interests you? And she's like, the blue rose. Why do you think she said that? Because it's a natural, it's an, ob it's an, an unnatural object that does not... Um, exists in nature yep uh and the two officer the two agents on that case was gordon cole and philip jeffries 
Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, you know that's kind of where we we knew that from the secret history. Yep. Yep. So again, this is one of those things that that Lynch um, put in there, and Mark Frost put in there, I should say. Um, so in case you didn't read the secret history, you know, and if like you know, okay, this explains the first the first case of all these shenanigans. But for those of us that read the the book, it was like a nod to us, and we kind of had a little bit more nuances to what was going on there oh yeah yep mm-hmm. and then we also hear the first utterance of tulpa tulpa <laughs> yep and then cole enters with diane um interestingly enough after having that conversation and asks her if um cooper do you want to talk about that that night with cooper and god damn you you know fuck you gordon <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, he asked if he had mentioned, if Cooper had mentioned Major Briggs. Uh, she says, yes, he did. And then we find, they unveil that they thought what they found in Briggs' stomach was the ring with the inscription to Dougie with love, Janie E. We've now find out Janie E is half sister to Diane. I forgot about this. Like, I was trying to rack my brain this whole time. Like, how do they, where, when, when did they connect the dots with this? And I forgot it was because Diane is the half sister of Janie E. Yeah, which, um, this also makes a little more sense now that I'm thinking about it about, uh, how connected with Mr. C, uh, Diane is. Because mm-hmm. if she knew Dougie, she would have known that Dougie looks just like Agent Cooper. Exactly. Yep. Yep. So that explains a lot. And <laughs> the Danny calls the FBI. <laughs> the Vegas <laughs> office. The Vegas office. God damn it. This is what we do here. <laughs> <laughs> They're just really excited to have something to do. Mm-hmm. Which is telling for Vegas, considering how many RICO cases are going on in Vegas at any given moment. Right? Right? Holy shit. Those guys, I mean, and they're just kind of sitting there like, we got Gordon Cole. Gordon Cole! (laughs) (laughs) People know his name. He's a big deal. (laughs) And for those of you that don't know what a RICO case is, that is a racketeer influence and corrupt organizations uh, cases. So just see where it's, 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 a lot of things of what they spend their time in on the casinos and of that nature. So just in case our audience was confused, what are they talking about with a Rico case? That's what that is. Yeah, a lot of times it's dealing with mob stuff, mm-hmm. uh, money laundering, that sort of thing. That's how they typically take down organized crime. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, they, they, they get around a lot of the other stuff and nail them with the tax evasion and the racketeering um, charges. Yep. Because the, the murders and all that, that's uh, those are usually pretty hard to pin. But like when you have concrete money issues, I mean that's what they got Al Capone on is racket, yep. uh, evading taxes. All right, now uh, he tells them about uh, he tells them about Truman and Laura's diary and the two Coopers. And now uh, Cole remembers he had another Monica Bellucci dream. Oh my god! Uh, the most random and strange cameo. Uh, <laughs> and I, look, I I've re- I don't remember 
him even talking about her in his, that Room to Dream book, I may have missed it. I, do you know what the connection is to her and Lynch? I don't know what the connection to her and Lynch is. Maybe other than she wanted to be in a Lynch movie or she was a fan of Lynch's. I don't know what the connection there is. Um, but, you know, maybe he was a fan of The Matrix and wanted her in it. <laughs> you might, uh, I think she's a musician, too. He, he might uh, like her music. Uh, who knows? Maybe they're just friends. They're like artsy people. I yeah, it, it could be. I mean, she agreed to do this really artsy scene with him. <laughs> so his dream is that he's in Paris. Yep. He's meeting up with Monica and some friends for coffee. Cooper is there, but he can't see his face. Mm-hmm. Yep, and she says the we are like the dreamer who dreams, then lives inside the dreams. But and, who is the dreamer? But, but who is the dreamer? Which causes Cole to look backwards and see himself in Firewalk with me. <laughs> yes, the uh, now they're tying in, the, giving more context to the the Philip Jeffries. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Appearance in Firewalk with me. We learned that neither Cole or Albert remember this. Yes. Uh, it's see, and we see, we kind of get this further on with like lodge entities uh, and with the lodges, people sometimes don't remember. Yes. Uh, see that at Jackrabbit's Palace. So, like, there's a thing that just puts a heavy fog in their brains. Like, yep. And for those of us that read the secret history and we talked about this, that is a big thing in yep. in, in in secret history. Yep, Andy Packard and uh, what was it? The FBI man. Yep. 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 Uh, yeah, and you see, you know, who do you think that is there? Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of co- so. It's cool. Like, so we introduced, so we got Bowie back for. A strange cameo, but it was good to see him. Yes. Yeah. And, he was too and, sick when they were filming this to reprise his role. So. Yes. And um, um, was it last episode we talked about this where you mentioned the whole fact about the, the this part of it? And I for, I spaced this part um, about the whole how they how they put that together. But I just want to reiterate um, um, that they did um, – a great job of really taking this one scene um, from Firewalk with Me and making it this big lot, like tying this together with it, and it makes me think that this was all planned. Yeah, I I don't think it was planned when Firewalk with Me was made. Uh, it, I don't think so either. But the fact uh, they did you know it this Lynch way, is more of a visual guy than a storyteller, so he leaves a lot of things ambiguous. Uh, but yeah, with but with the missing pieces part with this and now with this, we kind of get a fuller picture than where he had when we just had Firewalk with me with the, the Bowie scene. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And like I said, I, I agree with you. I don't think they plan it, but the fact that they did it this way is really, yeah. really, really well done. Yeah. It, it goes to the, how good with the, this story that Lynch and Frost were. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to balance it because this is because this isn't the, the only time we're going to see a balancing act like this with uh, older footage. So yeah, it's uh, and just the thing we only have four episodes left and we're already like, yeah, there's going to be more of this sort of stuff coming up. Yeah, yeah, and it's good. We only have four. Yeah, right. We only have four episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But 
now we got to go to the sheriff's station uh, where there's a lot of sandwiches. Being, Bobby comes in with a lot of sandwiches, and Chad's day is going to get bad. Fuck Chad. <laughs> that, that fucker Chad. <laughs> what do you think was going to happen, man? <laughs> I have to admit, there, there, this was... Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna call this out because as we said we're gonna be critical uh, as we've done these things. The acting in this particular scene was atrocious. I oh just, God. it was so bad. Yeah, this felt like a one take thing. <laughs> I'm glad you felt that way because I was like, wow, this is just awkward, clumsy, and feels like 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 season two soap opera shit. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, it's not the finest moment, but it was kind of good to see Chad get his get a little comeuppance at this point, uh, especially after uh, Richard and Miriam and all that, and his covering for that. So, yeah, and it just kind of feels sho- shoehorned in because this is followed. We're like, we've been watching you for months, and then uh, they go to Jack Rabbit's palace, which you know, I, I guess uh, I don't know the exact continuity of. The return it seems pretty straightforward at times and then sometimes it feels a little uh jarred jarring mm-hmm. so yeah yeah uh agreed it's um it was a bit it was a bit odd so yeah but uh, they are at jack rabbit's palace uh we hear electric currents in the trees which is a cool cool effect Never a good sign either when you're walking in the woods in Twin Peaks and you hear that. <laughs> yeah, that's that is definitely a no bueno, right? In yeah. my in my mind, that's a that's a major no bueno. Yeah, and uh, so they're there. Bobby's talking about was like uh, what his dad did was top secret. He didn't really know, uh, and his dad uh, Briggs Major Briggs did tell him, "Don't wander out in this particular area by yourself." Uh, Given, you know, secret history, he knows what's out and he's he doesn't know what's in, he just knows there's something here and it's it's dangerous. Yeah. And, you know, they again, when you when you hear the crack and you hear the things of that nature, you know, you, you, you know, and it, you we as the audience know there's something happening here. Right. And um, um when you know they said you know hey don't uh you know my dad said don't play around here but it also gives credence to the whole point of uh, and makes me wonder because we even in the secret history we know that uh, briggs was in this but we don't know a whole lot um uh in terms of what but he knew to bring bobby there like how much of this was briggs setting up and how much did briggs actually know what was going to that was going to unfold yeah, I, that's a good question. Uh, we know he kind of froze in time at one point in some lodge of some sort. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't know, you know, time isn't linear in those. So it's it's interesting what Briggs knew and what he didn't. Yes. And so I just thought that was really cool. And then, uh, you know, they say, hey, it's, um, you know, uh, it's 500, or 200, whatever, 50 some feet over there east to Hawk. Um, and they go over to this, to this clearing and they see a, I, it took me a little bit to under, like the first viewing, I didn't realize it was a woman. Um, oh, but NATO? It, what's that? <laughs> NATO? Yeah. NATO. It didn't, it didn't click with me that that was a woman. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, she's, uh, 
kind of haggard at this point. Uh, we don't know a whole lot about NATO, uh, but she's next to what looks like, you know, the, the black oil and the 12 sycamore trees, except now instead of black oil, it's white and there's a single sycamore tree. Mm-hmm. Which, again, we talked about this, which we knew this was part of the White Lodge, right? Yeah. And um, the portal forms just like it did earlier. And of all people that get transported in, <laughs> of all four people there, they pick Andy. Well, we remember in season two, the pure of heart and entered the White Lodge. That's true. And Andy is pure of heart. He, yeah, yeah I would he is buy anything. that. He is pure of heart. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'll give you that. Um. So, yeah, he goes in there, and this is... This is awesome. Um, he, you know, he goes in backwards. There's the weird clicking. There's the electricity. There's the scratching. The the character finally introduces himself as the fireman, and all of a sudden, this thing appears in Andy's hand, and um, um, it starts going through scenes from um, um, what happened in uh, what's happened earlier, things we haven't seen yet going back through um, a lot of um, information, the two Coopers, a telephone, Andy bringing Lucy to a room, the utility, um, the, the utility pole from Firewalk, well, from Firewalk. I mean, what else did we miss? What else did I miss uh, on here? Laura's uh, prom photo with the, the curt, the red, the red drapes, yep. uh, the girl screaming from the pilot episode of twin peaks, uh, power lines, the woodsman in the convenience store. Uh, yeah, he, it's just uh, kind of random. And then, uh, yeah, and then it's, uh, they stop, and all of a sudden we see, like, the others kind of mulling around, and it's, like, superimposed over each other until they all kind of get back to one, and they, uh, they're discombobulated, and Andy comes out with NATO from Jack Rabbits, and he's, like, in charge mode, like, yep, this is what we got to do. Yep, this woman we need is under our protection. There are people who want to kill her. We need to put her in. Um, you know, we we need to protect her. Put her in a cell. Yeah. Yep, and uh, we find out that uh, Frank and Hawk don't remember anything that happened. Which okay, that's surprising to me because Hawk kind of knows what's going on, right? Yeah, but again, we've seen that we in secret history. Uh, you know, uh, Andrew Packard got near this. This might be where he got, uh, he found cause it's like, you know, it was the giant. He saw the giant. So, but then they just, the memory start to fade. So might be a protective element of the, of the, of the lodge. Yeah. But again, I mean, Hawk kind of knows all this stuff through the lore and things of that nature. So that was a little surprising to me. Well, I mean, Andy's the only one who needs to know at this point. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, this is followed up by Lucy giving NATO her pajamas at the the, at the jail. That's they're they're beautiful, Pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> we see Chad in his cell, you know, ribbing Andy, and uh, Andy's like, "You're no kind of cop at all." And then we see this guy. 
beat up dude just bleeding from his face, just uh, copying, kind of like uh, Dougie at this point, just copying what everybody's saying. I have a theory on who this is. Even though he's named as drunk, I have a theory on who this is. Who is it? Billy. I don't think so. I think it's Billy. I don't think it's Billy. I think it's Billy. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. I, and here's the thing. I don't give a shit about Billy. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to talk about Billy. <laughs> you know, like, who gives a flying fuck about Billy? <laughs> we don't know Billy. We never just hear Billy. people talking about Billy. <laughs> but this is also where I thought the drugs were going to be a bigger deal. Because I'm like, this is obviously, this is this has got to be the drugs that are floating around Twin Peaks that's fucking this dude. Yeah. Or he just got really beat the shit. <laughs> but why would he be in a jail? Yeah, he's. I mean, he's he's pretty jacked in the face, man. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Why is he in the jail? Why is he in the hospital? He's like, a, what happened? Drunk what, tank. Still, he's. I mean, he's dripping blood from his mouth, man. I mean, you put you don't put him in the drunk tank. You put him in the you put him in the hospital first. Welcome that's to my Dick Cheney's America. Well. <laughs> I was going to say, things are run a little bit differently under Frank than it was with Harry. <laughs> Zero tolerance for the drunks was under Frank. <laughs> yeah. Um, then yeah. the guy starts imitating uh, NATO's noises. She makes weird beeps and boops. Uh, yep. And driving Chad nuts. Driving Chad nuts, which he deserves. And um, can I just say that Chad looks like... Um, Looks like the 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 fat the uh, fatter cousin of um, Jeffrey Ross. <laughs> oh yeah, I can see it. Mm-hmm. I can see it. So yeah, so Chad's just he's just pissed. Everybody's annoyed. Then we cut to Jimmy and Freddie. Freddie Sykes. Freddie Sykes. Have we we haven't talked much about Freddie Sykes, have we? I think this is the first we see him. I thought we saw him. Well, we saw him in like one of the first episodes at the bar. Very briefly. Very, very briefly. Um, So, Freddie. um, Boy, he tells the story (laughs) of of him and uh, he tells the story. So, Freddie has this green glove on his hand. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe this is a thing that... Lynch had an idea about going, I want to say, back to Eraserhead, maybe Ronnie Rocket. Uh, I think it was Ronnie Rocket. Yeah. Uh, it was just something, like, a lot of these ideas, like, a lot of his, yeah, a lot of these are just going to kind of floating, and he's been waiting for the right time to kind of place them in. Like, Log Lady was originally a character he had an idea about for Eraserhead, and it just, just didn't fit. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Freddie is now, he always had this idea of a kid with a glove and it packs a punch or something. And <laughs> <laughs> so we learned Freddie, he's pretty new to Twin Peaks. Uh, was he just like a few months in? Yeah, not long. He hasn't been in Twin Peaks all that long. Yeah, so he's like sitting there with James. James is telling him it's his birthday. And like the rest of us, nobody cares. <laughs> uh we don't give a fuck uh james is like why can't you take the glove off and he's like he's tried the doctor tried and it starts bleeding when they do 
Mm-hmm. So it's it stuck to him. And so he's been six months ago, he was in London. He was just, you know, an average uh, early 20s kind of guy going to the pubs. Uh, and then one night he has a, a change. Something changes for him, Paul. Yeah. Um, he ends up um, um, being transported to a vortex and being a man who called himself the fireman. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> who uh, told him to go to a nearby hard, hard, hardware store and buy a particular green gardening glove. Yeah, unfortunately, the fireman didn't tell him how hard it would be to get that glove. Because <laughs> <laughs> the guy didn't want to sell it to him because, uh, because it was an open package and he was willing to pay him full price for both for just the one glove. And the guy's like, I'm not going to do that because <laughs> it's been opened. <laughs> This is like, and this is like something you could totally see like happening in the UK. Like, oh, I don't yeah. know. Like, I don't know a whole lot. Like, but it almost feels like a Monty Python skit too. Mm-hmm. Where this job's worth is just like you can't have the glove, and then attack somebody's trying to walk out with it. Yes, and um, so yeah, he went sell to him. So he paid for it anyways and took it. And when the chef of keeper tried to get it, tried to take it from him, he ended up punching with him and breaking his Gregory, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, which means he snapped his neck. Um, so yeah, so then somehow he decided he was going to go to Twin Peaks because that's what the fireman told him to do. Yep, and when he was going to move on, go to Twin Peaks, Peaks. and you'll find your destiny. Yep. And when he was going to go buy his ticket, he found that there was one already waiting for him. And now he's working as a security guard at the Great Northern Hotel. What a destiny. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's worse, that or the actual, his co-worker is James. J- Jimmy. Jimmy now. Um, yeah, and then we see Jimmy <laughs> going down um, into, the, um, into the Great Northern um, fire- Furnace Room. Yep. And it's hearing the same noises that we heard with... Um, Ben and Beverly, and it's actually much louder. Yeah, and it's coming from a particular door. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's and, uh, uh, that door comes into play later on. It it sure does. But we got to go to Elks Point Bar Number Nine. Paul. <laughs> bar Number Nine. We're a um, we're an angry um, uh, an angry. Uh, Sarah gets into the bar where she gets propositioned um, by a much younger man. <laughs> With his, his fancy truck U shirt. <laughs> his fancy truck U shirt. That, um, that he got the local uh, establishment. Um, yeah, I gotta say, when I first saw this, I thought he was like one of the guys from Fire Walk with me that took Laura and uh, that's what I thought too. And I had to check, double check, and no, it's not. He just looks a lot like the guy. That's what I thought as well. I thought it was one of the two from Fire Walk with me. And um, um, you know, he calls her a lesbian and tells her he's going to rip off her lesbo tits, her bull dyke lesbo tits, and she tells him she's going to eat them. And then we get the weirdest shocker when you the, see the, the past the, ten minutes. <laughs> well, yeah. And it's where she takes off her own face, and we see Judy. We see Judy. 
Yeah. We see some like weird kind of art housey like imagery. Mm-hmm. And we see Laura smile. Yep. Yep. And then she proceeds to put her face back on, bite his throat, get no blood on her, and then and then screams that something happened. Yeah. Uh, the guy just fell over. She doesn't know what happened. She doesn't know what happened. We'll see about that. It's a funny thing. <laughs> yeah. What did she say? I can't remember exactly what she said. She's really creepy in this. <laughs> Sarah, this is a completely different Sarah. Like we said, we don't think... I mean, we have not seen Sarah in in this. No, I, we, I think we saw her at the Once, yes. Yes. Once. But, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a, this is, it's pretty crazy. And then this is followed by two people at the roadhouse talking about fucking Billy. Fucking Billy. And we find out that one of them is the daughter of Tina. So what this <laughs> did do, by the way, if you're paying attention, is the whole... If you're really, really stressed out about the whole what did Tina say mystery... From a couple episodes ago, this is what it was told, right? This is what happened, and Tina told Charlie not to tell um, Audrey that this is what occurred. So basically, Billy t- jumped six feet over a fence, torn to their kitchen, bleeding from his nose and mouth, screaming, getting blood everywhere, and then just leaving, and no one's seeing him since for two days. Yep. Uh, this is like, you know, and this to me is like, it's not like we're supposed to be invested in the Billy story. No. I think this is more establishing like life has moved on in Twin Peaks and we're not familiar with, we're, we, we, you know, they moved on. So like they have different stories they're telling and living. And, uh, so we're not going to be in on that. I would agree. I would completely agree. And um, it's it's just, um, like I said, it's one of those things, though, where, I, again, I feel like if you were, um, um, it, it, you know, if, if you were, like, I think this was a conscious effort by um, Frost to put this in there because people were going to want to know what happened. You know, what, what happened with Billy? You know, and there's, because there, I remember when that, when it occurred, you know, you and I were also discussing things and going on forums, and there was a lot of speculation as to what was said. So I think, I honestly think Frost saw that, because it was a story revolving around Audrey and put this in there to make it happen. But I also agree that, yes, this has been hit over the head with us numerous times throughout this entire season, that we are focusing on a completely different aspect of Twin Peaks and Twin Peaks itself has changed. We're not worried about, you know, what is the ongoings in Twin Peaks. This is more about, this is a story that's become broader and just happens to overlap with Twin Peaks now. But Twin Peaks is a completely different town than what it is. And he's, they're teasing you as to giving you some of the insight into it for some of those people that are like, Oh, I want Twin Peaks. Well, here's your little fucking tidbits of what's going on in Twin Peaks, but don't fucking care about it. Yeah, because uh, life moved on in Twin Peaks for these, for the citizens, and uh, yeah, well, they got their own stories, but we're not focused. We don't, we don't really care about those stories because, like you said, it's expanded. We're focused on different things. 
Mm-hmm. Twin Peaks. Yep, we're focused on Buckhorn. We're focused on Las Vegas. We're focused on, um, you know, yes, a little bit of Twin Peaks, but you know, like Jack Dallas Palace is outside of Twin Peaks. We're focused on, you know, things that were going on in um, where, where where was the um, the farm in Montana? Yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and then we get uh, Lissy, which oh, was which was great. I love this song. It was so good. So, so good. Um, Overall, I I remember, I still like it in Foundry, and this one does have a memory of David Bowie. Yep. Uh, Yep. Yeah, again, he was uh, too ill once they started filming this to revive Philip Jeffrey. so, yeah, you know, they found ways to work around it. They did find ways to work around it. It's very sad. And I, you know, I, I, I will admit, I, David Bowie now, and good on, uh, good on David Lynch for this, because David, Lo- David Bowie, it was a secret how bad he was doing. Yeah. Uh, it, he did not want people to know. And he put out, was it Black Star? Was, the, was that, it was Black Star album, yep. wasn't it? And yep. like the next day he died. Yeah, it was pretty close. Uh, it was right around the time when that album was released that people found out how ill he was. Yeah, and that's I, because he named the album after his illness. Illness. Yep. And um, I think it was. I think it was like. I think it was like a day or two after the album dropped that he died. I think it was that close. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty quick. Um. Yeah. Um. Let me. Let me. I just. You know. Um. I'm gonna want to look this up real quick. Um, when did that drop? Um, it was released on January 8th, and he died on January 10th. Yeah, it was yep. two days. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. that's a brilliant album too. But... It's a great album. I'll be honest with you. After that one came out, because um, he did the one before that, um, there was one or put out. Was it? And now before that, he put out a, put out his started putting out the singles, and I was like, "Wow, David Bowie's back! Like he still got it in him." Um, and then he died two days later after that album came out, and I was just I remember that that day fucked me up. I was because I'm such a big Bowie fan. Um, yeah, that was a rough one. Um, so, kudos to this one being in memory of David Bowie, and um, they. Uh, it was a good, uh, it was overall, like I said, this was, you. I don't know about you, but for me, when I watched this episode, I felt like, okay, now we're, I mean, even though you, know, you could tell, hey, we're only so many episodes away, like, I was like, now it's, it's getting real. Yeah. And, you know, by design, it has to, because there's only a little bit of time left, but yeah, it's, we get, you know, like, a, uh, <laughs> especially with Andy. And the firemen uh, just kind of like we get the lodges and then we get like more background on Blue Rose. And oddly enough, not a lot of Cooper. No, no. Cooper was not really in this one except for um, uh, the lodge. uh, Yeah. Yep. Yep. For the lodge thing. Yes. Um, And uh, it was... um, yeah, that one was a great, uh, in my opinion, a great episode. It was, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It's just uh, Sarah Palmer biting the trucker's throat. 
Right. I remember, I think you and I were, were texting each other at the time. I think I texted you, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was in the same boat as you. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is this? Um, uh, so, uh, you know, yeah, we got four more episodes left. Um, the next one um, is, if I, if I remember correctly... I was surprised at how slow it was. I, 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 if I remember correctly. Oh yeah. I don't. I don't remember. I mean, I, if I remember, because I thought there was another. It took like I was like, okay, this is things like, especially after this episode. Then it took another slow episode, and then I believe it's sixteen up. It's just a cannon. Yeah, sixteen up. It's a cannon. Uh, I. It's been a while since I've seen the these episodes but yeah, yeah i think too. next one moves a little slower yeah but it's, per- it's a pretty depressing episode too so if i remember correctly yes and then after that the the slowness is done um and it's just i mean because you only got three episodes left so um you know, shit's got to get done it becomes a real fast three hour long movie um so yeah uh you know i also i i'll tell you um before we plug stuff joe um, I'm going to release it. We're actually going to have, I'm just going to throw another surprise at you. We're going to have actually another extra episode, um, a bonus episode when this is all done. Okay. When you were gone for uh, an assignment for a week, um, I was going to put out a, um, a I, I invited Scott from um, uh, from the Bears Beats Bobblehead podcast that we do and the um, Cast That Movie podcast that we do. And because um, he is not a Twin Peaks fan, and I've tried getting in the Twin Peaks for years, so I have a episode about a half hour long episode. I edited down and titled uh, "Interview with a Never Peaker." Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to do it, but I'm like, you know what? This is so out of place. So <clears throat> I'm going to move that to the end. And have you had a chance to look at that book that I recommended to you as well? Not yet. No, I I, I flipped through it, but you know. Things have come up, so uh, yes. I'll, I'll take a look at it at some point. That's just fine. But, yeah, so we're still going to do that book uh, that was done. So we're going to have two books now when this is all said and done. We'll do the final dossier. Then we'll do the supplemental book. And then you'll get one more, uh, just a, an episode with a, with a never-trumper. I mean, with a never-peaker. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a never-trumper. This is this is a never-peaker. Um, and... Um, that will that will wrap up the podcast. They were we're coming down to the end here, and I got to say, it's been a hell of a journey, bro. Oh yeah, it's been crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, think about it, man. We've gone through three. We're getting to the end of three seasons, um, and so far, a movie and a one one of the books, probably one of the most interesting fandoms of all time. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> it's it's crazy. We started this back in february it feels like 40 years ago doesn't it doesn't it i mean i'm and i'm glad we've been doing it on a weekly basis i could not imagine if we're doing this on a monthly basis oh that would have been rough that would have been real rough so joe what's going on over at the joe down we're gonna at some point we're gonna release our uh review of uh glenn danzig's veronica horror movie Uh, i cannot wait for that i'm i'm gonna talk to my wife here um uh, thank you for reminding me when we're done about um, 
getting Shutter again because I need to see this movie. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I need to see it. I need to see it. Yeah, so that's what we got coming up. Uh, and then we have uh, Bears Beats Bobbleheads. Yep. Um, is it, uh, which episode are we doing? It's uh, Boys and Girls? I think it's Boys and Girls. I think it's Boys and Girls. It's either, yeah, I think it's Boys and Girls because Valentine's Day came after Boys and Girls. Yep. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Boys and girls. <laughs> and then for cast that movie, I'm hoping we're going to be on a season two here any week. Um, it's just, it's, I'm on, I'm on, I'm honestly on Scott's time on that one. I am ready to go. I've been ready to go for a long time to get that going. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's crazy times we're living in. So <laughs> it is absolutely crazy times. And, you know, for those of you, um, I hope everything's going well. Um, that are listening, everyone that has been listening, again, we're very humbled. I've been playing in the beginning. We've been very, very humbled by the numbers we've been getting of people that, um, you know, are listening to the show. Um, you know, again, give us that feedback. I'm still, you know, we want the feedback on what we're doing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, we love the fact that you're listening. So obviously you're listening. You guys are liking something that we're doing here. Um, but let us know. You know, you don't have to get comments. Again, our emails is talkingtwinpeaks at gmail.com. It's a very easy um very easy email to hit us up at and have a conversation with us. Uh, Plus, Paul wants to hear those Just You and I covers. I do. I want to hear the Just You and I covers. So please bring those in. Um, hell, other than that, Joe, what do you got to take us out, buddy? We are like the dreamer who dreams and then lives inside the dream. But who is the dreamer?